Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. When was the breaking point then? Because this is obvious bondage. Mm -hmm. It was just a progression of time or was there a particular tipping point? Yeah, well, after my sister died, um, I just went into like my lowest low for the next, I'd say, year and a half. And at that point, I was so deep into addiction, went as far as heroin. I was... I would wake up every day screaming and crying just with the realization that I'm still alive. I have to live through another day. Wow. My only prayers to God were that I would get murdered too and to take me too. Um, I was suicidal. I was depressed. Um, I was like 90 pounds, super skinny, literally looked like I was dying. I couldn't control my emotions. I would punch walls, pull out my hair, all of that. And after a year and a half of literally living in what felt like hell, um, and he was, you know, continued to invite me into these places and into rooms with these people. And he had so many people praying for me. He was fighting for me in prayer. My, you know, my grandma, my other family members were fighting for me. And eventually he invited me to deliverance. And I was like, all right, whatever. It's like two hour session. Like I'll try anything at anything. this point. Yeah, yeah. And I went into de- this deliverance session, super skeptical, not expecting much, but just going because why not? And the Lord moved in just such a, cr- a crazy way. This woman wow. I've never met before essentially like told me all about my life. Wow. And I was like, how did you know that? How did you know that? And she's like, God just told me, like God speaks and explained to me about God speaking, which I'd heard before from being invited to these meetings. But I was like, okay, maybe he speaks to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like he doesn't speak to me. And yeah. so it was like the first thing that I heard from the Lord that I was like, okay, this is so real. He's so here. And she was like, the Lord wants to heal you today. Wow. And I just broke. And I even went back to my apartment that night and had my first encounter with the Lord. Wow. And it, that day, it wasn't like automatically I was perfect and I wasn't doing yeah, anything yeah, bad yeah. and making yeah. all good choices. And, but it was, it was what I needed from the Lord. And obviously he knew that to get my foot in the door and just start, yeah. And just start to get curious about who he is and hungry for more and actually wanting to enter into these rooms with these people and hear what they have to say. And, and then even just like after that moment, looking back at all the prophetic words I'd received over my life that I was so angry about, I started reading them and I'm like, okay, this might be real. Like there might be something to this. I had them all written down and I just was in awe. Wow, so the value of prophetic words even in this story. And you read in scripture how the prophetic words when somebody comes into a church, that's the context, and prophetic words are given, it brings a person to conviction. So there was something happening here. Now, Brian, I've got to ask you, through all of that, doors slamming, uh, a lot of dads might be embarrassed to bring their daughter to something. You are... Unrelent, uh, relentlessly pursuing a breakthrough for your daughter. But did you ever feel like giving up? Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, there, there were times and that's where you, you have to be surrounded in the body of Christ, right? Because wow. when, I w- when I would be down, they would just speak life into me, 
right? And um, and so that's we're meant to be interconnected and interdependent, right, on one another. And so, I mean, just by the grace of God, like He had connected me with people, He had equipped me, right, to go into this battle. Yeah. But even after we did the deliverance session, I remember we went out and we went went to go for lunch. And Bryn goes, Dad, the voices are they're all coming back and. He was, dad, dad, it's not working. And then we went to a hotel because I wanted to keep her out of the city for that night at least. And yeah. and she was on the second floor and looking over and she heard jump, jump, right? And Jesus. so literally she went down, sat on a curb and she argued with me to get back into the city and she was in no state. She was not going to stay there. So we went back to the city. But then what I did is I booked us uh, just a father, daughter, just to totally disconnect. And we yeah. went to, uh, flew to the U.S., jumped in a car with no hotel bookings or anything. We just drove and talked and spent time together, ate all our meals together, slept in the same room together. And just, we did that until we got into California. And then we ended up at Transform Our World, a, a, a conference that that um, we didn't have to go to it, but that was a great destination and it worked out really well. Yeah. And then when Bryn was there, as we got close to it, like the, if anybody doesn't think demonic is real, like she was manifesting. And uh, as you're approaching this conference, I went yeah. to check in and she was waiting in the car and she started to get so riled up that I came out to the car. And uh, like the way you were speaking, what you were saying, every hair on my body was standing on end. Wow. And then it was interesting, went to the hotel room and, and you were saying you were freaking out and you were doing what you used to do again. Like you were pulling and hollering and hitting things and she was bruised. And, yeah. and I said, look, she goes, we got to go home right now. I can't stay here. And she was flipping out. And I said, yeah. well, I can't take you anywhere. I remember you looked at me and you went, dad, that's, I was like, whoa. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so demons are real. And just while we're here, uh, it's not enough to just go to church, is it? No, I mean, we're designed for 24-7. Right, the wow. uh, to operate in that. So I start to understand in the workplace, you can have a kingdom company, and you're glorifying God. That your labor is worship. Yeah. That everything we do is a chance to glorify God, to co-create with Him. Yeah. Right. Our everywhere we go in life, every meeting we have, it's an it, yeah. it's an opportunity. So, yeah, church wow. is that little spot where we go and we get you know we, we get uh, you know we we do, we do get something and it's part yeah. of it's an important part it's of community, important. but it's yeah. it's a couple hours of the week. Right, yeah. but it's a uh, we're just we're meant to live a whole lifestyle. Wow! So here you are fighting to live or dying to live, and uh, the conference you're at. When was the major breakthrough, or was it all just progressive? Well, at the conference, I yeah that my journey after deliverance was very up and down. It wasn't yeah. like because it's a film. fight, mm -hmm. right? And did it feel like that? Yeah, for sure. And I think walking into an atmosphere of like a, a Christian conference with all those kinds of people around me, there was parts of me still that like couldn't handle it and that didn't, you know, want to be there. And so, um, but even with that, like he missed most of the conference to be there for me and to just like sit with me and pray with me and ask other people to pray and all of this kind of stuff. Like he obviously wanted to be there. He paid to go Wow. watch these speakers and he yeah. ended up just sitting in a room with me the whole time. I wow. wouldn't go to any meals. I didn't want to meet anyone. I was embarrassed yeah. of like the, you know, emotional state that I was in. And yeah. And even like, you know, he would try little things every day. Like, okay, let's just go sit in this conference room by ourselves. And like, I'll just ask people to come pray for you. And so people would come from the conference out of the conference and just sit with me in this room and pray. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. 
Amazing. And so eventually the voices begin to stop or there's a, there's a turnaround? Yeah, well, not, not at the conference, mm -hmm. but, you know, coming out of it, we were doing, after deliverance, I was doing like the daily covering prayers and wow. um, our whole road trip, we were listening to worship music or the Bible on Audible. So yeah. like we, we were constantly being like fed spiritually and just like yeah. constantly seeking more of the Lord. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like there was a realization that like, if I can get this tuned in with the enemy, like when I figure out how to like kind of cancel him out, like mm -hmm. how much more spiritually can I get tuned into God? Wow. Like if I can hear the enemy Very this good. clearly, like. You could connect to God. Yeah. Wow. I think it's wow. interesting too, because um, when you look at, as soon as we finished there, the conference, we flew back to Toronto and then we kind of got uh, packed up again and went to the East coast of Canada to spend some time with my mom. Cause you know, this is where all the trauma had happened in the city. And so just keeping her out, giving her a chance to grow and heal. But then we had a life coach. And so this was, so the deliverance was October, 2019. Mm -hmm. And then we had a life coach in November, 2019 that started working with her family and Bryn, a Christian life coach, Holy Spirit filled. And she gave a word to Bryn in November that I see you speaking at Transform Our World. And I see everybody like in, in tears and standing ovation at the end of it. And at and, that point, you couldn't get her out of the room to... Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it, it, was, it was an incredible word. So obviously, we thought it was going to be, you know, a while out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like the Kona word, I had totally forgotten about it because it was impossibility at the and time. And this is just 2019. Yes. This is, wow. Yeah. Wow. And then what happened was in December, I was talking with Ed Silvoso, and there was a uh, global leadership conference in California in January. And wow. I was talking about Bryn. He goes, I want her to speak. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't. I said, you know, you mean October? No, no, you yeah. don't. <laughs> and he said, no, January. And that was like four weeks yeah. away. Yeah. And, um, and so I did try to talk him out of it. But he was adamant that she was to, to speak. He knew. He discerned. Yeah. He discerned. Yeah. And then uh, do you want to continue from there? Um, yeah, it, it was crazy because I was like the youngest person speaking by like 20 years easily, yeah, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was still like a baby, baby Christian. Like I yeah. didn't know much. I was still <laughs> trying to figure it out. I was still having my ups and downs. I, but I was trying. Um, and so I felt so just, I just did not feel qualified, not qualified. to like be yeah. on that stage yeah. or yeah. to yeah. be even around that, those people or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it was so clear that it was the Lord because, you know, in that state, somebody asking you to do something like that. Well, there's a father in the faith, right? Yeah. Seeing you for who, as a father sees you and calling you to what wow. you're capable of, right? Wow. It's Yeah. And I think too, like it, the Lord even used that of like, okay, like I'm showing you glimpses of like yes. what I'm going to ask you to do and what I have for you, yes. but you're not ready yet. Yeah. And like, I had to go through a, like, I'm still going through seasons of yeah. training and stuff yeah. to yeah. get to a place where, you know, he's equipping me to be able to walk in the calling that he has for me. But I think he was giving me like glimpses for like hope for my future and for like, you know, what, what he does have, even though it's not yet. I, I just love that so much because it's so like Jesus to call you right out of your stuff and get you to testify uh, you feel ill-equipped, which means you rely on him more. You do this thing by raw faith 
And it sounds like some good fathers who are willing to take a chance uh, on you that way. He, he totally took a chance. And then the, <laughs> and then the end of it, literally the vision, yeah. the, the, prophetic, the prophetic vision it came happened. true. Literally, wow. I'm standing watching. Everybody is cheering, standing ovation with tears. Like it was just, it was incredible. So, wow. So we're really seeing the power of prophetic words throughout this and your hunger to change. You want it to change. I want to ask you before we jump into your book, I want to ask you a couple challenging questions, two of them that I didn't prepare you for. So, but you've already been thrown on the stage with Ed Silvoso. So, <laughs> but, um, Shame. Did you experience shame in this process? And what about people out there who are ashamed of what they've come from or are carrying shame right now? What does shame mean to you? Yeah, definitely that was, you know, dealing with even the shame that I had felt from my, my past and my story yeah. was huge and... Um, you know, I didn't have a correct view of, like, what the church is mm -hmm. and even, like, who Christians are. Mm -hmm. And so it really scared me to, like, be going up on stages or even talk to people individually about my story, especially Christians. Yeah. Um, you know, because all you hear when you're not a Christian is the terrible stories. Yeah. Like, the church's mistakes and Christians' mistakes. And yeah. obviously that it, it happens. Everyone's human. But you don't hear, like, the beautiful you know, the beautiful things, it's like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make headlines like that. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was definitely hard. And the Lord had to do a lot of like getting me outside of myself yeah. um, to be able to share it. Because, you know, even at times still, I'm like, you know, I've, I've done so much healing and the Lord has, yeah, brought me through, yeah, crazy amounts of healing. Yeah, of course. To a point where I can sit here and and talk about things that aren't you know aren't easy to talk about, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, in the in the midst of it all, he's like, you know, he gives me what I can handle in each moment, yeah. and and even the comfort, and so like getting outside of myself to like do things like this, where I don't, I still don't feel equipped, yeah, and I still feel weird about sharing my story because I'm like, well, I don't care if people know about me mm -hmm. or what. I've been mm -hmm. through or my story, like it, it doesn't feel like it matters. Mm -hmm. But if the Lord's asking me to do it, then yeah. it does matter and it is important. Um, but even there's like shame connected to even those pieces. Sure. And, you know, it's a human thing, but just like realizing, um, I guess, like the beauty in, in those things and the beauty mm -hmm. in the things that like we've been through and come through and mm -hmm. how how they reflect the goodness of God. It's like, it they, just totally brings yeah. you outside of yourself. They glorify God and, and you're more than, you're even more than your story. You're more than your past. You know, you have a, such a future and a present right now. Um, but I could imagine, uh, and, and I pray that you, you said, you know, even now I still don't feel equipped. I pray that you never feel too equipped. Because that's when we depart. Take it from somebody who's been ministering all over the place since I said yes to the Lord. Um, and I'm often put in situations where I feel ill-equipped. And that's when you, you really tap into his grace, his divine power. You know, like Paul said, uh, his strength is, uh, or God said to Paul, my strength is perfected in your weakness. 
So that place of weakness is really crucial to tapping into his power. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of refreshed by what I'm hearing that you still don't feel so equipped, but it's like day by day, you said he gives me what I need in the moment. Let me ask you my, my second hard question. I don't know if it'll be hard for you, but who is Jesus to you? <laughs> you see her face just light up. That's, yeah. so, that's so precious. Who is Jesus to you? Um, well, recently, um, and I feel, like, I feel like my answer to this develops kind of sure, over time. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I spend time with him and just sit with him. But, and it should for everybody. I agree. Yeah. 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 Like, I do obviously think of Jesus like he's like this, like, you know, righteous savior, mm -hmm. you know, glorious father, our redeemer, but also our best friend. And mm. um, the Lord recently has kind of been showing me like, okay, you're so focused on these, like, these, you know, big names for me, but like, I need you to come back to being your best friend. Like, I need wow. you to come back to this place. Like, I need you to sit with me. I need you to spend time with me. Like, I want to be, you know, on drives with you in the car. Like, I mm. want to like, do your makeup with you like whatever it is you know it doesn't matter yeah. as you're saying this because i i can sense it's so precious to him as mm. well yeah and so really like at this point that view of having him as like my best friend and not letting that go mm. um because it's supposed to be personal it's supposed to be like the most in intimate connection that we have as humans mm -hmm. to the lord and so yeah jesus like Obviously, he is like he is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is all of those things, and I've seen him, you know, in those roles and how what that looks like in my life as a result of him being those things. And it's a beautiful thing, um, but really, like, yeah, first and foremost, like he's, yeah, my best friend. That's amazing. <clears throat> really good answer. You survived those two, <laughs> those two tough questions. <laughs> uh, and, and then we'll get right into the book because we have to talk about it. Uh, what's it like, Brian, to hear your daughter talk like this now? It, it is beautiful. It's interesting. We were on, uh, one, well, we're, we were on 100 Huntley Street. It's going to be airing in a, about another month or two. But they had us do a, a form, and it was describe God and describe like your relationship with Jesus. And it's funny. We both did it. And then we... Uh, <laughs> We submitted it, and then we read each other's, and it was so similar. It's so like, similar, yeah. <laughs> it so was like, it's yeah. the same Jesus you're working exactly. with. That's what exactly. You out. <laughs> but just how we experience him now, you know, in, in all the little things of life, the big things of life, mm -hmm. how, you know, Jesus is the, our all in all, mm -hmm. right? He's everything. He's, he's the giver and provider of all life. Like, he's mm -hmm. the, he is our joy. Like, for example, when Abby was murdered <clears throat> that first night, you know, I, I was, you know, because we had people praying and Abby had descended into a lot of darkness, gangs, uh, crime and different things like that. And, and, um, and so just thinking that how could this happen? And it was a stab through the heart, right? Yeah. And Abby really was a girl suffered from a broken heart and, wow. and just so many different traumas, very similar to Bryn. And um, so I really felt that God had let me down, right? That uh, how, could, yeah. how could this ever have happened? Yeah. And so I went to bed, like, numb, like, and, and you know when you, there's this pain and you're so confused that you're almost numb that, that this like couldn't... Like a car accident. 
Yeah. After you're in shock. Yes. Yeah. But then I woke up the next morning, and that's, and then Jesus, I mean, I, I didn't even know this was possible. When I opened my eyes, I had joy, and I oh, had the heaviest yeah. peace I've ever had in my life. Oh, and it was, yeah. God had come so close, and his, I've never felt his presence like that in my, mm -hmm. I didn't even know it was possible. Mm -hmm. And the joy was knowing the just the goodness of God, and he gave me such revelation of his mercy towards Abby. And that Abby's positioned with him now. Yeah. And sure, there was grief and there were times, right, where uh, of processing. But the, the joy of, like, the realness of heaven was so palpable. And it's more real than your burden. 100%. Yeah. Far more real. And then the Lord had given me some visions of Abby in heaven. And just beautiful dreams of me playing with Abby and Bryn. And I am who I am now. And I know that Abby's not there, that he's with him. Yeah. But I get to play with them. And I woke up like crying, wow. right? Just uh, just tears because wow. he, he gave me these, these beautiful gifts. And You know, our, our birthright as believers, we tend to think if we give our lives to Christ, we'll have no more problems. But our birthright really isn't the absence of problems, but it's the presence of supernatural peace in the midst of problems. That's what I'm hearing in this story. Dying to Live, it's your first book, and it's out. People are reading it. What's it about? Well, the first half is my testimony. It's my life story, which is just, yeah, essentially a story of, you know, marked with trauma, addiction, abuse, murder, all those kinds of things, just a whole mess. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's the story of, the redemption of Jesus in my life. And the second half of the book focuses on, you know, key learnings and, you know, revelation that the Lord brought me into that allowed me to really open my life and my heart up to Jesus in a way that he could, you know, actually transform my life wow. and fully change me. And it's things that I wish that I had known when I was younger or things that I wish that somebody had told me about, yeah. you know, relationship with Jesus and the realness of God and, um, and I tried to keep it really simple because really I wrote it for people who are curious about Christianity, people who maybe are confused by it, um, wow. people who are searching, whatever it may be. I wanted it, to, I wanted to make it, you know, so that anybody could understand and that anybody could read it. So it's not overly like Christianese and, uh, like somebody who's arrived or something. Yeah. Wow. And that was hard because being at YWAM, the Christianeses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, when you're part of a community like that and everybody's really on fire, it becomes kind of the culture. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool that you were able to draw the reality of it for somebody who doesn't know the Lord, who ha is maybe unchurched. What was your favorite part of that book to write? What part? Um. Yeah, well, the whole second half I actually wrote in a fasted state. So I uh, would fast from food every day um, until I was done writing. And it was just something that the Lord asked me to do, and it allowed me to be so open and receptive to the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. I would invite the Holy Spirit in while I was writing, and oftentimes my hands would just move over the keyboard. Yeah. And I'd yeah. have to reread after, and I was like, yeah. all right, that's pretty good. It's <laughs> like, just pouring out of you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, But my favorite part of the book, you know, in that was definitely one of the last sections I wrote, and it was a section on grace. And it wasn't a normal just sit down and write this, because um, I tried. I tried to sit down and start writing, and 
the Lord was like, you can't write about something you don't have a revelation of mm. and that you don't really understand. And I don't think I'll... Grace. Yeah. The section on grace. Yeah. Okay, keep and, going. And I don't think I'll ever fully and truly 100% understand it yeah. because it's so, you know, opposite <laughs> Mind to... boggling Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so opposite to like our rational minds or like what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And... But it was such a beautiful time to just sit down and write that with the Lord because I started asking for for a revelation of grace. Um, and really, like, writing that chapter was, like, me on the floor in tears, finally wow. understanding grace. And I, in a place where I was like, okay, I've been walking with the Lord for two years. I'm, I'm done this book, and I never understood grace. Wow. I never truly understood this. I was actually in New Brunswick, and he was there. And I was sit in this, like, sunroom, and I was, like, walking back and forth, like, pacing so fast back and forth. You were hollering. You're yeah. like, dad. Uh, and she was just going back like you were you were on fire. It's a, yeah. diff- a different kind of hollering than yeah. the past. Yeah. Like yeah. weeping, yelling, like finally understanding it and getting it and just in awe of Jesus. And yeah, so definitely. So it's almost like the Holy Spirit really wrote this book through you. This is very impartational mm-hmm. is the sense that I'm getting. You know, while you were speaking, I, I, I just tuned out as you were talking just now and I saw this beautiful tapestry and there were broken pieces and ripped areas and unfinished pieces of the tapestry of people's lives that you are going to help weave together. That's what I was seeing. People's lives as intricate tapestries that God was going to use you to really help weave together, mend where where it's broken, and to finish unfinished pieces. I really see that on your life. So this book, where can people get this? It is on Amazon, uh, Dying to Live by Bryn Elliott. And it's also on Audible, and it's also available on ebook. But I think you can find all that on Amazon. So it's on Amazon.ca, Amazon.com too, I'm assuming. And uh, you're able to read it, but also you can get it audio. So if you're really at a place where you're just laying in bed, whatever you're struggling with, maybe you're too depressed to read, you can just get the audio going and listen to this story and and come along on this journey. Uh, Brian, any input in the book or even commentary on the book? Well, it's interesting. I was uh, at a market on Saturday morning. Just I went I went into Toronto and kind of grabbed a coffee and I sat on a patio and I sat beside a young man and uh, just by 29 years old is actually was his age, not a Christian. And um, so he and I ended up having a two hour talk. And and then I told him about Bryn's book and he actually went back. He watched the, he listened, he downloaded the audible. He listened to the whole thing and he said, I've never heard Christianity described that way. Wow. And he specifically wow. mentioned the grace chapter because then he came to church with me the next day yeah, I bet. and he mentioned the grace chapter. He goes, yeah. the because vic- there's another chapter that Brent has that's victim versus victor. Victim versus victor. Well, and, that's a good reason. To and that, that totally just, um, yeah. and that shocked him. And then understanding, you know, the elements of the faith and she just does it. It's so simply done. There it is right there. Yeah. There it is right there. Let's have a, a, a father-daughter chat with the camera to close this off, I think. Brian, what would you say to fathers who have heard this today or watched this 
This will also be podcast version on, uh, you know, Charisma Magazine. Charisma Podcast Network will have a podcast version of this. So those who are watching or listening, what would you say to fathers out there going through some of this, half of this, most of this? <laughs> what would you say? Yeah, I, mean, I would just let you know that Jesus won the victory. Jesus is supreme that, uh, and, you know, and we fight for our family by first taking care of our own hearts, right? Taking care of your marriage, taking care of your family. And even if your kids, like with friend, like it's God, it's, it's God that, so Malachi 4, 6 is what actually our ministry is based on and is turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children of the fathers. That's not our human ability to do. God does that. So, so he turns the heart. So wow. as we begin to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and we begin to abide in him, what happens is the presence of God and the power of God begins to overtake you, and then it'll, it'll overtake your family, and everything will start to become into divine alignment. Wow, so good. And Brian, you just mentioned Malachi 4.6. Uh, is this the name of your, your ministry now that you've established? And before I have you address the camera, what is M4.6? Is that what it's called? What, is, what does the ministry do? Yeah, M46, and the name stands for Malachi 4.6, and really it's a family restoration ministry, and it start, like, started just out of our testimonies and out of the testimony of our family and how we've seen the Lord take such a broken family and then fully restore it. Mm. Um, really, it's our goal is to impart hope to people and, um, yeah, just connect and support, with pe support people in any way that we can. And so it's kind of, you know, we do blogs, we have other books coming out. Um, Excellent. I think like four more books over the next while coming out. We, um, yeah, so we're, it's really just kind of at the beginning phases, mm -hmm, but. Mm -hmm. And do you have a website, M46? Yeah, so M46ministries.com. But what we do too is, so like, you know, from what I learned is fighting for my family right now, I'm actually, that's what the blogs are going to be on for the next little while. It's on you know, covering, it's on the power of Father's blessing. It's getting into some family foundation stuff, like the yeah. seven times of blessing in a child's life that's critical. So we're starting to unpack that in bite-sized pieces wow. so that people can begin to to really move on their families in a whole new way. And they can read your blogs at the on the website? Right on the website, they yes. Give the website one more time in case our studio guys, I, I should have got it to them sooner, but give it one more time just in case. Yeah, they it's it. m46ministries.com. m46ministries.com. Bryn, we have a few minutes left. What would you say to young people out there dabbling in a bit of this backslidden or full-blown lifestyle? What would you say to those who are watching? And just turn and face that camera right there and talk to them. Yeah, I think I would just say that no one is ever too far gone mm. for Jesus or, you know, to step into the kingdom that... Jesus wants to meet you exactly where you're at. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get all fixed up and then go into the church or then go to Jesus, that he wants you to come to him in your brokenness and in your mess because it's not on us to fix that and it's not on us to figure it all out by ourselves. And that's why he did what he did is so that like he could be with us through everything and in everything. And so, yeah, and really just give it a try. What do you have to lose? Like I gave the Lord a little bit and that's all he needed to, to really capture my heart and 
Um, he ran with that little bit that I gave him. And if all you can give is a little bit, that's enough for him. So. Wow. <laughs> I'm kind of, even, even though I'm hosting here, I've, I've kind of enjoyed this so much. I just want to sit back and kind of, wow. <laughs> you know, it's a Selah moment talking with you guys. Well, I, I know that you've appreciated this episode as much as I have. And I uh, uh, want to encourage you, if this really touched your life, to get a hold of uh, the, the YouTube, uh, perhaps, and uh, send it to some people who need to see it, wherever you're watching from, if you're listening on podcast, I just want to encourage you to take this very seriously because some things were said here today that were so powerful. I want to also remind you, Amazon, on Amazon, uh, Dying to Live by Bryn Elliott, and of course the website and all that this new ministry has Thank you for tuning in today. Pray for Brian and Bryn and this new movement because families need it. Jesus has the power to transform your life. And this is, this is living proof that you've seen and heard today. Thank you for joining us today on History Makers TV. We look forward to seeing you next week. And I look forward to seeing you at the training October 28th to 30th, the History Makers Experience Training. Go to historymakersacademy.com. Make sure to register there, and all the information is there that you uh, will want to see. I want to thank you, Brian, Bryn, this was, uh, and the Holy Ghost, who, who was definitely evident throughout uh, our time today. God bless you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.